This is Daniel Self, lead pastor of the Orchard Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. Afterwards, if you would like and subscribe, or if you want more information on The Orchard or to support this ministry, find us at theorchardlife.com. Now know that we are praying for you today, that God would speak to you, and you would have a breakthrough. My name is Dan Bosco. I'm one of the new guys here on staff, and it's been an honor to come in these last couple months and start to work with Daniel, and part of our heart and passion is to build community, and, um, and he's been teaching through the parables, which we'll talk about in a second this summer, but uh, part of that building community is getting connected and, and getting to know you. So again, if you're new or you feel like you've been here, but you're just not connected, Boy, please, uh, please scan that code. It's in the bulletin as well. Um, or fill out a connecting card by the info desk out in the lobby on your way out. And uh, we'd love to just tell more about what's happening. I'd love to just connect with you personally. So let me know. You can also, you'll see in the bulletin, there's a place where you can scan a code to, to give to the church. So we just want to say thank you for those of you who do and those of you considering it uh, for giving to the vision and mission of the orchard and what we're about. You make this thing happen. And so thank you for bringing your resources to the table and helping this. So we really, really appreciate that. Um, Let me pray for us, and we're going to dive in on our our topic today. Lord, thank you so much that uh, we get to be here. And um, thanks for this this beautiful place, uh, this campus that you've you've blessed us with. Thank you that we get to... uh, gathered together here on Sundays, as well as throughout the week, and um, experience life with one another, experience life with you. And so as we uh, dive into some more of these things that we've been talking about this summer, um, Lord, we just ask that you just come and you lead this conversation and bless it. Uh, Lord, we, uh, we're grateful that you've left us here to be your body on this planet. And we all have a role in that. And I'm just grateful that we are here together and we get to be part of those or one of those bodies that you have left on this planet. So, Lord, thank you. Come and bless our time today, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, good to have you here. Um, Again, my name is Dan Bosco, uh, new on staff. And like I was saying, Daniel and I have been chatting all summer just about this idea of community and building that here at the church. As you know, when we sat down, this spring and chatted about the potential of, of, of this opportunity. He's like, you know, we got a great Sunday, and we do, right? We have a great Sunday that goes on, but during throughout the week, we have some things happening, but we, we'd love to see that grow and increase. And we're going to talk about why we want to do that uh, this morning. It's vitally important to a healthy church and, and healthy lives, as, as we'll see. But, but he's been just going through parables this summer. And just talking about the life of Christ, and a couple back in July, I got to interject on July 30, the idea of awe and community, and, and what, what it means as a community, and the significance of this, this idea of awe or reverence for God, a, a healthy love and fear for God. And because that is so integral, it's foundational to our journey with God and our journey with one another. And... Um, and then we've, been, we've done some more parables, and, and today I want to talk about this idea of love and community. And what does it really look like for us to journey into this topic of love? Daniel chatted last week about this idea of a transformed heart. And what he said that I think stuck out the most to me was, we don't want to be a shallow church. Um, we want to be a church of depth. And that's a church that truly 
loves one another. A, not a church that just goes through the motions of acting loving, but a church that truly, truly loves one another. And that is a journey. That is a process. You know it if you're married. It is a journey to grow in your love for one another. And it's something you always work at. You don't just, well, we'll just, as Daniel said last week, just coast and it'll all just happen. Well, it's the same with church. If we just coast with church, our spiritual life, our community with one another, it just doesn't really happen. And what I want to look at today is how important community is to our journey with God. For us to experience all that God has for us, to experience one another and experience the fullness of life that Jesus meant for us to have, it's intimately tied to this idea of community that, that we have here. Um, so I want to dive into this Acts 2. We, we chatted about this back in um, July. And as I mentioned then, and I always just love to give a quick little background because I, I realize some, some of you may be here today and you're like, I, I don't, this Bible thing, I'm not even sure I believe it. I'm not even sure, you know, you, you talked about the book of Acts. Well, what is that? I mean, where does that show up and, and, and all that thing? There's 66 books in the Bible. Um, 39 are, were written before Christ. Uh, four were written about Christ. And then there's another bunch after that, what, 23 that were written um, after Christ. And so... Uh, um, Acts came along. There's four Gospels, okay? So you had all those Old Testament uh, uh, books, and then you had the four Gospels about Jesus and his life. Then you have the book of Acts. It's the start of the church. And what we find in it, it's, it's, it's a narrative about what was going on, but it's also foundational principles to what it looks like to be a healthy church. And so in Acts 2, um, we, we see some of this, and I just want to read this, and we'll... Um, make a few comments, and then we want to bump over to Romans, 4, or Romans 12 and chat about a few things there. So, um, all the believers, Acts 2.42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And it goes on and it says, a deep sense of awe came over them. All and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So, here we go. You got this group of people. Uh, Peter preached a sermon. They were cut to the heart, as it says earlier in that chapter. And they come, okay, we're going we're gonna to commit. We're going to commit to community. We're going to commit to being together. We're going to commit to journeying with one another. And, and it says this awe came over them. And that's what we chatted about back in July. The idea of how important awe is to community. Because after that, it says there were signs and wonders that followed. And what we see, it leads into what we called uh, in July a, a supernatural community. And I don't know if you've ever been a part of that. I've had a couple experiences with supernatural community. And I don't mean woo, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. I'm just talking about people who loved beyond what humans can do. The, the, their love for one another, their care for one another, it just went beyond the human element. It was like, it, no, something's going on here. It was actually what initially drew me to the faith back in my mid-20s, was being around some people that loved one another so well, that did life together, that were so caught up and so full of awe for God that their lives, their lives, lives were, were contagious, frankly. They were contagious, and I caught it. And that's what this passage talks about. 
It goes on and talks about how these people did life so well. And it says that they sold homes and they sold possessions for one another. Now, who does that today, right? Some places it happens. But in this, in, that's what this passage talks about. But as we think about that, what we can't miss is that something big happened here that we're going to unpack more in Romans 12, and that is that their hearts were transformed. And Daniel chatted about this last week. He talked about the parable of the seeds and where it landed. And one of the things he said was that, you know, there's this thing called shallow church, if you will. And, and it doesn't go deep. And what we want to do as a church, the last thing we want to ever be is shallow. So I want to look at Romans 12 and just talk about what it means to be a deep church, a church with roots that go deep and that we experience transformation. Because as we're going to see from Romans 12, we don't really experience transformation without community. Oh, well, we can have some growth and, yeah, we can see some things happen. But we're not going to experience all that God wants us to experience without community. So if we look at Romans 12, um, if you happen to have your phone or a Bible, you can go to it. or The verses will be up on the screen as well. So Romans comes right after, if you don't know. This is a book that this guy Paul wrote. He was uh, the guy you may have heard. On the road to Damascus is when he met Jesus. He wasn't one of the original disciples, but on the road to Damascus, he had this encounter with Jesus so life-changing that he ended up writing so many books of the, of the New Testament. And Romans is this amazing book. The first, I mean, it's 16 chapters, but the first 11 chapters just lays out what is the Christian faith? How does this thing work? How does it all fit together? And then we get to verse 12, or chapter 12, 12.1 especially, he says, therefore, um, it won't be in this version, but, but that, that is the word that's there. It's, 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 and as people often say, it's there for a reason. It's therefore, in light of everything I just chatted about in chapters 1 through 11, this is what we do now. All that background I gave you in 11 or 1 through, through 8 where we talked about becoming a Christian, being filled with the Spirit and living as a Christian, and then what happens with the Jews and the Gentiles in 9 through 11 when we get to 12. Now, in light of all those things, this is what we do. And he says, out of the gate in 12, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And so his first comment out of the gate in light of how do we live out this Christian life is this, that we surrender. That, that our hearts, that our lives are a life of surrender. When it's, it's that life of awe, if you will. That reverence that we spoke about back in July. It's the sense of humility and gratitude and surrender. It's a heart that's just like, Lord, I'm here. I'm open. It's not about me. Hey, one of the, you know, that I heard this at one point. I don't know if it's still true, but the second most popular book, the number one most popular book ever written, take a guess, the Bible. Number two, they say, is a book called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Do you know the first four words of that book? You know what it says? Yeah, it's not about you. That's verse 
That's 12-1 right there. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And he says, so in light of you coming together, you gathering together, the first thing you can do is have the sense of humility, the sense of gratitude for our lives, our existence, the sense of surrender. And then he moves into verse 2. He says, okay, if, if we can take that step towards that posture of the heart, then this is what happens next. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Anyone here want to know God's will for them? Hopefully all of us, right? What is God's heart for me? What is God's plans for me? What, is, what does God want to do with my life? He created me. He, he put me on this planet for a reason. What's he want to do with it? And he says, critical to that is that we're not conformed, but we're transformed. And I used to think conformity is like, okay, yeah, well, don't go out and do all those crazy world things and, you know, just get crazy drunk or something like that. You got to be transformed and be Christ-like, and that's true. But there's another conformity that we can fall into if we're not careful, and that's a conformity to religion a conformity to going through the motions of, of being a church without the transformation of the heart. And that's a real issue today. And that really kicks back to some of the, speaks back to what Daniel was chatting about, shallow church, where the roots don't really go deep. They kind of look good, they spring up for a while, and we go through some nice Christian motions, but it's not really deep. It's not real. It's not transformation. So now what Paul does here, he lays out for us, well, what does transformation look like? How do we go about it then? So let's look at verse 3. Such a great chapter. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Hmm. Not where I would have expected him to go. I thought, that, no, okay, now you got to go do this. And, and he speaks to this issue, again, of humility. This idea that, hey, you know what? The temptation will be, as I start, you know, and this, I can only imagine this is what Paul was thinking. As I start to talk about this idea of Christian community and what it looks like, your first temptation is going to be to think you're better than you really are. The reason... I think he does that is because he realizes we're going to be tempted to say, I don't really need community. Actually, I'm really doing well right now. I don't really need this idea of getting together, uh, you know, outside of a Sunday morning. Because, hey, Sundays are great. We need it. We love it. We come. We lift God up. We exalt God. And that is incredible, and that's awesome. But you know what? It's hard to get to know one another, isn't it? If we all just showed up here for an hour on Sundays, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Yep, great. How well do we really know each other? Not too well <laughs> at all. And he says, so here's the first deal. You're going to be tempted to think I'm okay, they're okay, and so let's just not get into any of this deeper community, authentic community, share our hearts, get down deeper in the Word of God. I'm really good. And he wants to knock that thing out of the park and just say, hey, before I start talking about this stuff, you need to realize you're going to be tempted to think you don't really need it. 
just so you're clear. You don't really need it. And so he goes on and he says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And now he lays out why we need humility, why we need to realize we don't have it all together or that we can just do this thing on our own, that we don't really need uh, this community thing because he's saying, you guys are actually a part of the body. And some of you are an ear and some of you are an eye and some of you are a hand and some of you are a foot. And so I just say, think about that. If when I you know, came out of the womb, I didn't come out this big, But I grew into it. But when I came out of the womb, if I said, you know what? Right arm, I don't need you. Or the, how about this? Say it this way. Right arm says, I don't need this. I'm out of the womb now. I'm good on my own. I'm going to grow on my own. I got this thing covered. How would that have gone for both of us? For the arm, it doesn't grow. For me, I'm, I'm not all that I could be. I'm not experiencing everything I could experience because I'm, I'm lacking a member of my body. And Paul is saying this. He's using this metaphor of the body to say, this is how we should think about our community together, that we really need each other. There's just, just no way around it. We, we, we are designed to work together and fit together. And some of you, again, are eyes and some are ears. That we are designed to do life together so this body can move in a healthy way. And some, again, are doing this and some's this and some, somebody is up here. We got two ears, one, two eyes, a mouth. We got all these parts that function together so this body can be healthy and can work and function. And so I just want to say, Orchard Church, to all of us, myself, the staff, the elders, the leadership, volunteers, this doesn't work as a church if we're not all together as a body. So that's the first thing Paul wants to lay out for us, that we literally need one another. And we may need to unpack that more. And I'd love to sit with you and chat with you about that. And we can do that. But Paul says not only do we need one another, he then tells us in, in these next few verses what we also bring to the table. Not only this, this need to be together and to function as a healthy body, but he says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And now he says, not only are you a part of just making the body walk and move and, and, and just function in a healthy way, but you also have a special gift to bring to the table. And I just want to say, Yang, Number one, if you're here, you're a part of the church. If you're checking the church out, we welcome you to come be a part of the body, to bring your eye or your ear, whatever it may be, and be a part of this. But I just want to say, you have something that I need 
that we need. You have a gift, and it's going to be different with everybody. It may be a few different gifts, but you have something that will help this body go somewhere. Not only be healthy and be a healthy part of the body, but you have a gift that will help this body advance the kingdom of God on this planet in a healthy way. You have a gifting and ability that will take this church to new levels. And I just want to honor that and just tell you, you are invaluable to this community. We need you. We don't want you to just, well, I got to get in a group because Bosco's talking about it. No. It's invaluable for us to be everything that God created us to be. So he talks about our, we, we're a part of the body, we have gifts for the body. And then he goes into, I think, you know, the, the, the deepest part of this chapter. It's very convicting for me. It was convicting a few years back, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. He said, just don't pretend to love others, really love them. And this is the reality. I, I, I wish it wasn't so, but I think there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of, you know, folks, I mean, bless their hearts, and bless my heart, because I've been there, but by God's grace, I think things, good things are happening and changing, but we can do a lot of pretending in the faith. We can really, I mean, we kind of learn Christian behavior at times, kind of like we're talking about with the conformity earlier. We, we, oh, this is what it looks like to be a Christian, so, so let me go act this way. Let me go act loving. And what Paul is saying, okay, now in light of understanding you're a part of the body, in light of the understanding that you have gifts to bring, do this with authenticity. Truly move forward into community with an authentic heart with a heart that's open to God, that truly wants to love. And folks, that only comes through transformation that we talked about in verse 2. Because if we don't get the transformation down, we don't get the surrender stuff, the transformation stuff down, we don't get the idea of we're a part of the body and that we have a gift to bring, then our love can just be pretending. And what we want to say to you is, listen, if that's where you feel like you're at, and I can tell you, I mean, there was a book I read by Paul David Tripp. It was about seven years ago, and it's called Dangerous Calling. It's a book from a—he's a pastor, and he's speaking to other pastors. And in this book, he talks about the reality that as a pastor, your faith can just become your profession. It's your job. As a pastor, your faith just becomes your job. And when I read that, it was one of those things, have you ever had this where you're reading a book, perhaps the Bible, perhaps a book about spiritual things, it could be about other things too, and it just hits you between the eyes, and you're like, oh. I mean, I literally stopped, closed the book and said, I have to pray about this one. And I realized that my faith had just become a profession. And I said to the leadership team where I was serving, I said, guys, do we really love our body or are we just pretending? And I was really asking that about myself. I was asking about the whole team. But, but really, I was looking at myself and saying, I don't think I really love the way I'm meant to love. I don't think this is really authentic. And what, what he's talking about here is just simply this idea that, guys, girls, 
really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. And I think that honoring each other is so critical because honoring another person takes humility, gratitude, and surrender. See, if we're all about ourselves, all puffed up on our, our, ourselves, we don't really honor other people. And one of the critical things about loving genuinely is getting into that place, that getting our hearts in that posture of, of, of again, of humility and gratitude and surrender where, where we realize I, I, we just want to honor one another. Man, I used to have this sense of preaching, man, I got to hammer it, I got to hammer it, I got to hammer it, I got to tell you everything that's going wrong, and this is what we got to do, we got to do this. I just want to honor you today. I just want to say thank you for being here. I just want to say thank you for being a part of this body. Thank you for bringing your gifts to this body. And what we want to do is honor those things and just fan those in the flame so that you can be all that God's created you to be, experience all that God's created you to experience, and we as a church get to experience what that looks like. And we get to move forward in ways that are supernatural as a community because we come with a right heart posture and a sense of honoring one another. And he goes on and says, never be lazy, but work hard. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. We invite you to pray. Every Wednesday at noontime, we're here praying. If you'd like to join us, we welcome you to come and join us. Wednesdays at noon, right in this room, in this auditorium, we are praying and we invite you. Please come and pray with us. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And what really hits me about the, the end of that verse, always be ready to practice hospitality, is... That, that's not talking about showing up at church and sitting in rows and taking in. That's talking about opening your life and your home up for other people to come in. And that's what community is really about. It's this willingness to say, you know what, Lord, you have gifted me. Maybe you've given me a home where I can have people over. Maybe I don't know how to lead, but I can get somebody to lead, but I'm going to open my home. And I'm just going to have people over, and we're going to do life together. We're going to do community together and journey together. So, so maybe you're here today, and you're like, I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't know about leading a community group kind of thing. I know you guys are talking about community group this weekend and next weekend, too. I don't know about leading, but you know what? I got a home, and I can open the doors, and I can practice hospitality. And I can have people into my home. And I just want to encourage you, if that's, that's you, let me know. That's what that form is all about. We're going to talk about it here in a few minutes. But boy, journey with us. Be available. Make your resources, your gifting available for this body. And that's what I'm seeking to do as well. And I'll tell you about that in a second. But, and then he says this, because the reality is, is anybody here, just out of curiosity, has anybody here grown up in the absolute perfect family? <laughs> Nothing ever went wrong. There was never a fight. There was never a disagreement. You and your, your sisters and your brothers, you all got along just perfect. Never one thing. No, right? Somebody back there had that. What you said? 
right? No one's experienced that. And that is the reality of a church family as well. Is that, you know, there's going to be times where it doesn't go well. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go the way we would hope it would go. And, and so listen to what he says. He says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Man, dang it, that Doug Self, I can't believe he's in this community group with me. That guy, a man, Lord, take him out. Right? Of course not. Bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. You know, I think this is, that, that is a power statement right there. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And my experience has been we often gravitate towards people we like, people that are like us. We often gravitate towards, well, put it this way. This, this, word, or, this word for ordinary people can be also translated different people, people different than us. We often want to just gather with people. Man, they're just like me. We think alike. So there's never any friction. There's never any problems. And part of the beauty of Christian community is seeing God take very different people, bringing them together, and using that to transform and change us. Because if we're just hanging out with people like us, if it's just a shallow experience, guess what? We don't really grow. We're not really transformed. And so one of the beauties of coming into a community group, of, of saying, okay, Sundays are great, we want to be here, but during the week I'm going to step into this environment with other people, is it may not always go perfectly. It may not be with people that are exactly like you, but that's a good thing. That's actually something God uses. I, you know, we, we could maybe take a poll. We, we won't, but you know, how many marriages here are the husband and wife exactly the same? I mean, there may be some that are, you know, really run similar paths. And, but how often is it like, man, you guys absolutely think the same and, and, and everything is just, oh, yeah. No. And God uses that to grow your marriage. And, you know, you got, you got an option. You can just kind of live your separate lives and just say, okay, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're married. We're doing this thing. And we're not really connecting. We're not really processing conflict. Maybe we're not processing our vision for our life and where we're going. And what happens? It's just this stagnant experience. And it's the same with church. If we don't dive in and dig in and journey with one another, it's just a stagnant experience. Some of you are here today, and perhaps, perhaps, and you're like, man, my faith is just like I go through the motions. It's just what I do. Part of that could be that you haven't experienced deep, authentic community. And that's our invitation to you, is to come and journey with us. Come experience deeper, authentic community. It won't always be easy. It won't always, always be perfect. But it will be life-changing. It will be transformative uh, as we do that. Let me wrap this up. Um, Paul says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. You know, um, only because I've seen this in the past, 
And even if it's with me, I, I hope you'll always feel the freedom to come to me and say, hey, Dan, something you said or something you did, you know, that, that kind of hurt or that kind of offended me. Let's talk about it. Life is too short for us to just hold grudges or keep things in. And, and that is what we want to be about as a community, is that we're real, we're authentic. We, we are processing life as we do it together. But if we don't do it together, then there's nothing to process. And Jesus wants to use that process to, to shape us. Um, that proverb says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The idea that we come together, there's, there's going to be friction. There's going to be some times of rub. But God uses that to change us. He says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Like, well, wait a minute now. That doesn't sound very Christian. What an interesting way to wrap this passage up. What's he saying? As we love people when maybe they're not all that lovable, when we step into situations and, and maybe people are just not treating as great, but we just, I'm just going to keep loving them. And the reason I'm going to keep loving them is because I'm getting love this way vertically from God. I'm not looking at that person. I'm getting it this way, and I can just keep giving this way. What that is literally doing, God uses that to touch their hearts. And shame is, in, in a sense, in our culture, it could be a misunderstood word. It's, it's a sense of convicting them. Convicting them that, wow, you know what? I'm holding a grudge here, and I need to do something with this. Um, so that's how he wraps up. He, he says, you know, don't... Um, Last verse about don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And so we see this is what community is meant to look like. This, and this is our invitation to you, is to come and journey with us. Be a part of the community. If you're visiting today, whatever church you go back to, boy, get involved. Be a part of the community. Be that part. Bring your giftedness. Love with genuine affection. A couple takeaways for today. We'll throw up on the screen here. Continually meditate on an awe and reverence for God. I, I spoke on that again on July 30, and I, I'm, I still, I still honestly, I, I can't get over it. I, I can't get past. I'll sit on my couch in the morning, and I, I'll read some scripture and. I can't get past the fact that God created this whole thing. And he created me, he created you, and he loves us. And he wants nothing more than for us to journey with him, to know his love, and to share his love with one another. It's a game changer. And seven, eight years ago, that was not the posture of my heart. It was do ministry, do ministry, crank out ministry. So yeah, that is a huge issue for true, authentic community. A couple more things for today. Remember how important and vital you are to the Orchard family. And I don't just throw that up there, gang. I, I want you to know that. You are vitally important to this family. You have a part to play. You are a part in this family. And we encourage you to play that 
And, and with that, get excited to discover your giftedness, your passions and God's will. One of the beautiful things about community groups, we get to see one another outside of Sundays. We get to journey with one another and we get to share responsibility of, of the group. We get to, to, to just share in life together and we get to see each other's passions and giftings. And suddenly somebody shows up who's just got this amazing gift for this. And you realize, oh my, I didn't even know they had that gift. I see him sitting there on Sunday, but I had no idea. And in the community groups, we get to see each other's giftedness just play out in magnificent ways. A couple more things. Pray to love with genuine affection and sacrifice as we do life together. That, that just doesn't come naturally loving with a genuine affection as we chatted and sacrifice that is something we have to do soul work for and, and trust the lord to change our hearts so that we can bring that to others and the last thing is, is sign up or at least let us know of your interest in a community group if you're not involved hey we love you if, if, if you just come on sundays we love you we're glad you're here but we just want to say it's your greatest life change will come through being in community with one another. And that's what we want to provide for you. And I, I could bring person after person up here to give a testimony about how God has used community to change their lives. And so in your bulletin, there's this little <clears throat> handout called Community Groups. Here's some of the ones that are available. Some of them are gonna probably fill up quickly. They only have a couple spots left. They've been ongoing. But uh, you can look that over. And there's this little scan code, little QR code right down here. You can actually take your phone, pull out your camera, take a picture of that, and it'll give you a form that'll come up instantly. And you can fill it out and say, hey, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to sign up for a group, but I'm interested. I'd be interested in a married group in Glenwood Springs. I'd be interested in a men's group in Elgebel. And you can just fill out the form and let us know. And we're just gonna, we're gonna meet you where you're at. You know, and we're gonna trust the Lord. I mean, we got, we got some leaders in place, some other leaders that we haven't announced their groups yet that we'll be announcing. Um, but you know, if the Lord stirs and raises up a, a group of couples in Glenwood or a group of singles here or a, a mixed group, a co-ed group there, we're gonna trust the Lord for leaders for that group. And I believe if we truly come with open hearts and we express our interest, God will bring the leaders. Because the reality is he designed us to need one another. And um, so here, uh, here's how I'm gonna wrap up is, um, we're gonna sing a song about people needing people. Uh, take this in, listen to these words. Uh, Micah, thanks again for finding the song. This is a great song, and it's a catchy song. And you, yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. And, and at any time this afternoon, fill out that interest form. Let us know what, uh, what you're interested in. Also, myself and some others will be right out here um, in the gathering center afterwards. And we'd love to meet with you, talk with you, tell you more about what we have going on with community groups. We can sign you up right there. We got little terminals that do all that, where you can, again, scan the code. So thank you for being here.
we, we truly love you. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church where we're not, we're not just trying to herd you like sheep. Um, I mean, we all are sheep, but we're just not just, just trying to push you through some gates. Oh, here, get in this and do this now. We, we just want you to experience everything God has for you. And we know that happens most being an authentic community. So, um, yeah, come and join us uh, and journey with us. Sign up if you are in a group. Uh, let us know through that interest form. And um, we just want to just, uh, just track with you and see how we can encourage you. So thank you. Let me pray, and we're going to close this song out. Lord, um, we love, we love, love that you didn't leave us on this planet to just live a solo life. That life on this planet is so much more than just going through the motions. It's so much more than just uh, um, being our own little silo. But Lord, we are wired and designed to, to be in community as Jesus modeled for us. He did it for three years with with this group of uh, certainly disciples and others as well. Lord, he modeled it for us. It is vital. And now we get to be his body. We get to do and be what, what, what Christ is and was. So, Lord, thank you. As we sing this last song, Lord, let us just realize how much we really do need each other. Let us be grateful that we get to be here, that... You know, we're in a safe place in this beautiful building, and we get to just love you, exalt you, worship you, and uh, as well as take next steps towards getting to know one another. So thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory in Christ's name. Amen.